From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpotts. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to Uniquely Kentucky. I hope that you are doing well. We are nearing the end of January. February is staring us right in the face and 2020 is rolling right along. My guest today is someone that embodies kindness, beauty, passion, and tenacity. In June of last year, Alex Frankie was crowned Miss Kentucky 2019. Her time in the crown is winding down, but she is still as excited about her work with the organization now as she was when she first won. Since 1935, the Miss Kentucky organization has evolved from just a beauty pageant to a well-respected program that over the years has provided thousands and thousands of dollars in scholarship money to young women. Alex Frankie is now a part of that beloved group of women who are all very unique in their own way. <laughs> I want to welcome Alex Frankie. She is the reigning Miss Kentucky. She just got back from competing in what I call the big girl of pageants, <laughs> um, Miss America. Alex, welcome. Hi, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I just ask you if you had had any downtime because along with all of your duties with Miss Kentucky, then you're preparing for Miss America, mm. and that is such a whirlwind. Um, so have you been able to kind of step back and regroup and recharge? Yes, yes. I was running basically a mile a minute and then some leading up to Miss America because traditionally Miss America's been in September. This was the first year it's been in December, and you don't start your school tour until September. So the girls have had time to really focus on one thing as it comes, and that wasn't really the case, but, you know, that's kind of my life is like doing a million things at once. So it's only fitting. Um, but I did have a chance to take a break from some of my school since everybody was out for Christmas break and I went back to work on January 6th. So it's been wonderful, but it's also been nice to have some downtime, some days where I don't have anything going on because, you know, as we were just talking about, I love sweatpants and I love throwing my hair in a bun and watching Netflix to just relax and like veg out for a while so that's I think been all of us refreshing. in the public eye people assume that we love the hair the makeup the clothes and many times oh my gosh it's not true right <laughs> oh no oh no no <laughs> Alex you have a title that so many little girls they think about it they dream about it being Miss Kentucky I mean I remember as a child watching pageant after pageant every year and really just thinking about wow these girls have really worked so hard. They have so many different backgrounds and stories to tell. It's been really cool watching it as I grew up and then watching it now as an adult. What has it meant to you to have that title? It means so much because I have the opportunity to inspire someone every single day. You know, I never know who it's going to be. I never know what it is that I'm going to say, but I do know that because I do have this elevated platform, for some reason, the words that come out of my mouth hold a lot of weight, especially with our kids, like our middle school girls, our high school girls. I get messages from them all the time after I finish an assembly or a class discussion and they say, hey, you know, I didn't want to like come up and say this in front of my class, but what you said today really impacted me. I've really dealt with bullying or I've really dealt with self-esteem. You know, there are a couple different topics that I get to touch on whenever I do go and speak to middle schools or high schools because that's unfortunately super prevalent in their society. Like in the world of middle school and high school, and then you add in social media and you add in 
all of the stress that comes with like growing up too fast, Mm -hmm. they've got so much on their plates and it's an honor to just come in and be someone that is positive and refreshing and maybe provide some hope for them. Isn't that so important? Because let's face it, I mean, there's outer beauty and there's inner beauty. And a lot of times pageants, you know, they get a lot of flack for being that outer beauty Mm -hmm. and appearance, but it's so nice to hear you talk about that because that does mean so much to so many little girls and really all of us big girls too at heart. We all deal with those same issues, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. It never goes away. Like the same issues you have when you're eight years old on the playground, just grow up uh, and look a little different (laughs) Mm -hmm. when you're an adult, but we have the same kinds of things that we all worry about. And that's the thing is regardless of what age I'm speaking to, what demographic or geographical location, kids are kids and they love the same things. They want to have fun and just uh, enjoy themselves and have an hour where they can just like be silly. So sometimes we play games and we do like sing-alongs and things like that. Or other times we'll have a really serious conversation about what it looks like to actually support your classmates and be kind and encouraging. We get to do all kinds of stuff. And I can't imagine any other position where I get to touch lives in this way. It's going to be really hard to find another job after this because I'm like, yes, I want to inspire inspire daily. How can you help me? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, Hmm. Other than, I don't know, a Disney princess. Like, I don't know who else instills that much hope in little girls. (laughs) You will find that path. I'm for sure. You're a Lexington native, right? Mm -hmm. Grew up in this area. Talk to me kind of about your path. Was this something that you always uh, dreamt of doing, thought you would be doing in terms of competing eventually for Miss Kentucky and then Miss America? No, not at all. Actually, you know, I grew up in Lexington and I was fortunate enough to go to the school for creative and performing arts. So I'm a Scapa kid and I loved performing, but it was a little nerve wracking for me. And so I tried to find an opportunity that would encourage me to be better with my public speaking skills and my interview skills and my ability to perform in front of people because it was really easy to perform in a play or in a musical as a character, but it was really hard to perform as Alex. And being a part, I was actually, I started competing in Miss Kentucky's Outstanding Team. Mm-hmm. So being a part of that organization really forced me to learn a lot of these skills that have served me very well in my life. You know, I always say that regardless of the outcome of Miss Kentucky or Miss America, regardless of where I finished, I was really proud of myself because it was truly a journey in self-development and um, kind of understanding who I am and who I want to be. Sure. You have a, a special title, right? Because you are only one of a handful, like the fifth Miss Kentucky to take both titles of Miss Kentucky and Miss Outstanding Team. Yes, that's, yes. That's pretty cool. It's a huge honor. Yeah. It's a huge honor. So I got to serve the Miss Kentucky's Outstanding Teen Organization is the little sister to mm-hmm. Miss Kentucky, technically, not my real sister. I wish. <laughs> She's great. But I got the opportunity to work alongside Miss Kentucky when I was the Outstanding Teen. And the way that she made other people feel, like the way that people looked at her and the conversation she had. I mean, I remember so distinctly, we were at the Derby and we were trying, just fighting tooth and nail to get through this huge crowd to get to our next place. And she stopped and took the time to take a photo or shake hands with anybody that wanted to talk to her. And I thought, oh my gosh, we're so busy. We have so many places to be. I don't understand why you're stopping. And she said, well, you never know. This could be the most important thing that happens to somebody today or this week or this month. 
She said, when those opportunities come up, you have to take advantage of them. And that advice has served me really well this year because I never know who in an Instagram message or who like waves me over at a school really needs me the most. Absolutely. And I think um, I, I can share that with you too, because I get it. Like, you know, there are times when all of us don't want to be bothered, but it's also what comes with it, right? And so I relish in that because for the same reason, you never know what impact you're going to have on mm -hmm. someone. And many times I, I find that whatever impact I had on them, it was probably more meaningful to me. Oh, absolutely. Because I think many times I probably need that in that moment. So I think that's an awesome thing. And I never turn that, you know, and so many people are, are afraid to come up to you mm -hmm. and they'll kind of stand back. And so I'm always like, come on, come on, you know? So. Yes. Good deal. Yes. You went to work for the Kentucky Department of Agriculture mm -hmm. and kind of traveling the state. What's that job entailed and what have you been able to do with it? Every year, Miss Kentucky is the official spokesperson for the Kentucky Proud Label, which is our agricultural marketing program. So I get to do all kinds of things that are really related to agriculture literacy and agriculture advocacy in Kentucky. So my school presentation touches on where our food comes from, why farmers are so important. You know, I always say if we like to eat, we need to thank our farmers. And a lot of kids don't really make that connection. I say, where does food come from? And they're like, the store. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, before the store, where did it start? Uh, so it's really cool to get to educate on that platform. But it's even more special because I've gotten to be a part of some of the most important moments in agriculture throughout the year. Things that happen at the state fair, things that happen um, at the Capitol in legislation, special events that take place um, that are really important in the agriculture community. I kind of get a front row seat at those and I get to witness kids that win their first grand reserve champion or kids that win their 4-H competition and just how it lights up their face. Adults too, but kids especially, like I get to witness the moment that they're really filled with hope and inspiration for their futures. And we have such an amazing department of ag too. I mean, Absolutely. There's something new coming down the pike or there's just always so many fascinating people to meet through that, right? Yes. Um, what's been your biggest, you know, challenge because you, I'm sure you hit the ground running. And as you said, you know, you're going a hundred miles an hour mm -hmm. wide open all the time. What's been the biggest challenge as you have taken on this title and this job and this role? You know, this might just be my personality type, but sometimes I really forget to take care of myself before taking care of other people. And I find myself prioritizing what everybody else needs over what I need. And that's part of the reason that I built my school program. It's called What I Need. And we talk about taking care of ourselves and then we can take care of other people. Both are equally important, but it has to happen in that order. Just like you have to be Miss Kentucky before you want to be Miss America. Something like that, right? Mm -hmm. I find myself all the time trying to answer a million emails and drive from place to place and do this and do that. And I never take a moment to just be still or to check in with myself. So I've been a lot more intentional about it the second half of the year. Um, I found myself like October thinking, I don't know why I'm so tired. I don't know why I'm so burnt out. And then I thought, oh, wait, maybe it's because I don't, I don't know. I haven't eaten a vegetable in three mm -hmm. weeks. <laughs> and also like the, the fact that I think a lot of people just kind of put that on you that you have to be perfect. You have to be this really well-dressed, well-spoken mm. young lady that just has this title. And that's a lot in itself too. I mean, to put on yourself, but also then have kind of other people project that on you. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things I've learned. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions about Miss Kentucky is that she is perfect. Mm. In fact, I think you're a better Miss 
Kentucky because you know you're not perfect and you're willing to be humble and admit that to people because especially middle school, high school girls, they're like, I don't understand how you could have any problems ever. You're Miss Kentucky. And I'm like, I promise middle school was awful for me too. (laughs) Uh, All these problems still exist in my life. They don't go away just because you get to this point in your life or you get this thing and being able to share that with them and show that I'm just as human as any of them, uh, I think is one of the most important things you can do because it kind of takes away all the pressure that we all feel to just be a highlight reel and never let anybody see our, our lower moments or our average days. Is there a Miss Kentucky that has really had an impact on you? Because I know it is such a sisterhood. Once you get in there, everyone really wraps their arms Mm -hmm. around you. But has there been someone that's really kind of paved the way for you or someone that you looked up to? So when I first started competing, the girl that was Miss Kentucky is Jenna Day, and she was Miss Kentucky 2013. And she took me under her wing. And I actually, I tell this story at schools, when I went to my first Miss Kentucky Gala, which is an event for all girls who are interested in or planning to compete at the state competition, I felt so out of place. I didn't know a single person. I was embarrassed. I felt like my dress wasn't right. I looked silly. And Jenna invited me to sit at her table. She noticed that I didn't know anybody there. She talked to me the whole night and introduced me to people. And then she won Miss Kentucky that year. And I thought, oh my gosh, if I can do that for somebody else one day. And Jenna has been a trusted friend and mentor. She was the one that initiated me into my sorority. Um, I get to talk to her all the time. She actually lives out in LA now. So whenever she's back, but she has been someone that just had a huge impact on my life inside and outside of pageant land. Oh, that's awesome. Um, have you felt like you've been able to have that impact? I mean, I know you meet so many little girls and that kind of thing, Mm. but has there been that moment where you felt like, okay, I've just reciprocated what came my way? You know, I did. And it sounds kind of weird to say that, but I have a girl who is one of my best friends now, and she's a younger uh, teen title holder. And she wrote me this beautiful letter to read at Miss America. I mean, it was like a five or six page letter that was riddled with encouragement and stories and moments that things that I've done or things that I've said to her that have made an impact on her life that she just wanted to remind me about the person that I am. And it touched my heart in such a special way. It was really the moment where I was like, I'm somebody's Jenna Day. And it was really, really special. She's one of my most favorite people. Let's talk about Miss America 2.0. Oh, yes. This is so (laughs) new to a lot of people. Um, First of all, how was your experience? Because that is on the big stage. I mean, that is a lot of extra preparation. Mm -hmm. That is a lot. But I always get the impression, though, that some people think it's very catty and and people are kind of out to get one another. But when I look at pictures and I follow on Instagram things, I don't ever get that. I feel like everyone is there pushing each other. Is that really the case? Oh, absolutely. I mean, hands down, the girls were the best part of my Miss America experience. I just talked to them. um, Last night, we have a big group message and we were all buzzing around in it. And I talked to one of my best friends, Miss Louisiana, almost every single day. We fill each other in on our lives because there are a few people that can understand what your life is like this year. And so there's an instant connection, an instant bond. um, And we just had the best time. You know, this was our fourth time getting to see each other. We got to see each other at our two orientations. And then some of us got to be in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, So we know each other well. We got to spend 10 days together um, just loving on one another, encouraging. I mean, there's a monitor backstage where you can see what's going on on stage. You'd come off and the girls would all be huddled around the monitor like, yeah, you got it. Mm -hmm. You did it. And there's 
there's no better feeling. Uh, the whole part of it is to make memories and friendships that last a lifetime, far beyond a sparkly hat. Alex, have you ever felt, though, the, the pressure to look a certain way, to be a certain weight, that kind of thing? Because sometimes mm. I think also that is interjected um, on you as well, not something you necessarily put on yourself, but others do. Have you felt that pressure? Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I think have really – one of the things I think has really made a big difference in the Miss America 2.0 organization mm-hmm. is that there's no longer a swimsuit competition. So I've seen a lot of the girls, and myself included, take away a lot of the pressure to be perfect because a lot of it comes from image, right? Mm-hmm. Not just perfect in the way you speak or the way you perform, but your image. And I feel like Miss America 2.0 is a lot less image focused. You know, as someone who's recovered from an eating disorder that I had in high school, Actually, getting involved in Miss America was something that helped me to get out of the place where I was because it was an opportunity to be celebrated for being strong, to be celebrated for being fit and active. And it wasn't just you need to be skinny, you need to be tiny, you need to be like a New York Fashion Week model. Mm -hmm. It was you need to be fit because in the Outstanding Teen Competition, there's a fitness routine. You have to do push-ups and sit-ups and like jumping jacks. Right? Anyway. (laughs) And I was like, oh shoot, I gotta actually put some work into these push-ups. And it really encouraged me to live a healthy lifestyle and not just be focused on this perfect or I don't think it's perfect but this picture perfect look I love that because I and I think that's a very honest thing to say because I think for so many years we've looked at that swimsuit competition and I know that was a big change of the 2.0 of getting Mm -hmm. away from that and a lot of people were kind of riled up about it and others felt like you felt about it so I'm I'm glad to hear that you have a love of the arts obviously you're a scapa kid talk to me about your program that you kind of became your platform Mm -hmm. uh, as you were competing for Miss Kentucky and then once you won so I started my 501c3 Adopt an Art in 2013. Gosh, that's crazy. Uh, after I attended Governor's School for the Arts, and I had the first, that was my first experience understanding what arts education really looks like outside of big cities like Louisville and Lexington. It was the first time where I understood what it meant that if you were passionate and you were talented, but if you didn't have a mentor and you didn't have resources in your community, there was only so far you could get. There was only so far you could push yourself um, without anybody else to pour into you. And it just broke my heart because there were kids that were so talented that were alongside me at GSA, but had never had any formal training in their life. And I wanted to try and bridge that gap. Started looking into it and I realized that gap existed in Lexington and in Louisville. So I started focusing on some of our inner city schools in Lexington um, as a way to provide after school arts programming for kids. And I just saw so much joy in the kids and the opportunities that I've been able to give children and we've been able to take them to see Broadway musicals and um, dance concerts and art galleries, like all kinds of things like that, which has been really just a true blessing that I have been able to do that. But there's so much more to be done. Like there's so much more that we can do as our communities to inspire young artists and encourage them to pursue their passion. Because even though I didn't grow up to be a professional actor, I benefited, right? (laughs) I benefited greatly from my arts education and my experience at GSA actually paid for my college tuition. So it's absolutely something that has benefits tenfold regardless of what you end up doing with it. 
what do you want to do? What do you aspire to do? Because I know at UK you studied business and mm-hmm. international business. So what, let's say in a couple of years when you finally figure it out, what <laughs> yeah. do you want to be doing? You know, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs, uh, especially female entrepreneurs. And so I would love to be a female CEO one day, just like my mom. She has been one of my biggest cheerleaders and someone that I have always looked up to for the way that she just does it all. Like she's a mom. She's also a workout instructor, like just for fun. And she's a killer CEO. And I've always wanted to be all of those things. Um, And she's shown me that that's really possible. So I would love to run a company one day that uses our business as a way to enact change in our community. So something like Deviate Kitchen, where they're providing second chance employment to people who really do have a desire to make a change in their life and they just need an outlet to do it. Or Tom's Shoes, where they're giving a pair of shoes to somebody that is in need for you just purchasing a pair. Something like that, I think, is going to be what makes long-lasting change on our communities because it's teaching people how to fish, not just giving them fish. Right. I have watched your mom. I I know your mom just a little bit, but I don't know her personally, but I've always watched her from afar. And she is the ultimate girl boss. I mean, she rocks <laughs> Literally. It. Um, she's beautiful both inside and out. And I, it was a very special moment because this year when I really met you for the first time, we were doing the bash for mm-hmm. Cardinal Hill. And uh, we were on stage and your mom and dad were right down front. And just looking at them watching you was the ultimate feeling. I mean, not even knowing them, but watching them. It kind of makes me tear up now thinking because they were so proud of you. But it was also just this really awe that you had worked so hard for this. And you could just feel it through both of them. Oh, thank you. Gosh, that is so sweet. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that... As Miss Kentucky, I feel like is my job to be an encourager and a cheerleader and a motivator because not every kid has the most amazing parents in the world like I do. Like not every kid has someone at home that is cheering them on in everything that they do. So if I can be that person to cheer them on and encourage them, then 110%, 10 out of 10 times, I'm going to go the extra mile to make it happen. I want to talk about something that you and I actually share. We both have celiac disease. Oh, yeah. And I, I never miss a chance to really talk about it because it's one of those diseases where I think a lot of people think, oh, well, you you can't eat bread, you know? Mm-hmm. And I always say, well, no, it's a little bit more than that. But also, more importantly, it's one of those autoimmune disorders that you and I can put on a really happy face and some days it's just really bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so talk to me about that for folks that maybe don't know, uh, celiac is an autoimmune disorder and our bodies don't process things like wheat, barley, and rye. Mm-hmm. Um, and we won't go into all of the necessary details yeah. of what can happen, <laughs> but a lot of people are affected in a lot of different ways, a lot of um, intestinal issues and some other things. And it's just one of those things that's always with you. And so I deal with it on a daily basis, no matter how well, I do in my diet and taking care of myself. It mm-hmm. still always rears its ugly head whenever it wants. So talk to me about, you know, kind of how you have gone through because it can be induced by stress and lack of sleep and not eating right. So yeah. talk to me about how you've kind of conquered it or at least well, dealt with it. Well, I was going to say, I'm not sure I've conquered it. Yeah, there's never conquering it, but... 
Well, one of the things that I've had to do this year, because I travel almost every day to usually very small towns, um, I have to get up a couple hours ahead of time and pack a lunch or pack a cooler, especially if I'm going to be gone for a couple of days. I have to make sure the hotel has a fridge and a microwave so that I can prepare my own food because I never really know if the place where I'm going is going to have an option, um, which is really, really difficult because you know we live in Lexington and sometimes I feel like there's nothing to eat, even though there are lots of right. options. But then I meet people from communities where there is truly no place where they could go out to eat. Mm -hmm. The closest grocery store with gluten-free options or, you know, special products like gluten-free bread or cupcakes is miles away, if not hours away. And there is such a lack of those kinds of resources for some of our Kentucky people. And it really breaks my heart for them because, you know, it's something that is very temporary for me. I'm only in the town for a day or two. And so one of the things that I've tried to do is share as much about celiac as I can as I travel so we can educate people so that they can provide those resources for each other. Or maybe me sharing will encourage someone to go get tested and save their life. You never really know how your story can impact somebody else. So I've tried my best to be intentional, to always pack snacks. I mean, my car is just full of like random dried food, um, <laughs> nuts, berries, random things that do okay in the car, well, protein I the, bars. I tell the folks I travel with when I when it comes time for NCAA basketball time and I travel to cover the cats, oh, yeah. <laughs> I say, look, if this ship goes down, you're eating because of me because there's always snacks, but I'm the same way. So I have to be very intentional about uh, figuring out, okay, where am I going to be? I'm probably not going to get to eat. And so like they know that before my luggage gets packed in the car to go wherever we're going, the food bag goes first. It's very important. So I just always, when I learned that about you and I know how hard it is, um, everybody goes through something in their life. We all have things that um, kind of slow us down a little bit, but I know how hard celiac is and I know how hard it is some days just to um, put on the lipstick, put on the, (laughs) put on the fancy clothes and go and put a smile on. So thank you for sharing that. And also just kind of be an open book to other people about it as well. I grew up with all kinds of medical issues because Mm -hmm. I had undiagnosed celiac. And so I was actually one of those kids that was in and out of doctor's office, specialist offices all the time. So now getting to serve as the state ambassador for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals just has a very special place in my heart because I remember what it's like to be that little kid that's sitting on a table or laying in a chair, absolutely terrified because you don't understand what's going on and you don't know what's going to make it better. And I know that a lot of our kids that are being treated at our Kentucky Children's and Norton Children's Hospitals are really struggling in that same way. And so if I can be someone that comes in and takes their mind off of it for 10 minutes or lets them know that they're going to make it through, then it's worth it for me. Oh, seeing that smile has got to be worth it. Um, What's been the best, like the most fun moment where you're sitting there going, how am I getting to do this as Miss Kentucky? Ooh, that's a really, uh, can you even narrow it down? Honestly, I had like an all-star week. The first week I came back to work after my break because I got to sing, I sang the national anthem more times than I've ever sang it in a week, but I sang the national anthem at the inauguration in Frankfurt. Mm -hmm. And then I had two wonderful school visits or school districts where I visited multiple schools in a day and the kids were just incredible. And the staff was incredible. And then I got to sing at not only the UK gymnastics excite night, but also the UK men's basketball basketball game, which is like the craziest thing that has ever happened to me because that's definitely the largest number of people that I've ever sang for. But a little kid, um, little Alex, who grew up going to basketball games and thought maybe that can be me one day, um, a kid with stage fright, a kid that was really terrified of even opening my mouth in front of other people 
was the one that was down singing the national anthem for everybody. Like it was kind of one of the most incredible moments. And I think sometimes it's nice to to be able to, as you said, sometimes be in the moment and step back and go, whoa, mm-hmm. you know, and relish that moment. Because so many times we don't get the chance to do that because we are going so fast. And when you find that moment, you're like, whoa, little Alex or little Amber, we're getting to do this. That's yes. nuts, you know, so that's all. That's a pretty, that's a pretty hard week. To right. I, yeah. I, I was like, I think I peaked and it's all downhill from <laughs> here. Downhill there goes the rest here. of my life. Yeah. <laughs> to be an open book I've done lots of doofy stupid things on air said things that I'm like what in the world have you had like that biggest like embarrassing moment where you're like wow Miss Kentucky just (laughs) did what said what uh yes I have brain farts all the time (laughs) I am horrible with you know thinking one person is a different person and saying oh yeah I met you at so-and-so and they're like Oh, no, you didn't. And then there are moments like that. But the first one that came to mind is I was meeting with some people from Kentucky Farm Bureau, and they do incredible work all over the state, but we were specifically working with their video department. And I was trying to compliment them on a video that they did to honor um, a veteran who passed away. And Okay, so what is the word when they give an award to someone after they've passed? Oh, it's a terrible word to say. It's a... Posthumously. Posthumously. It's terrible. What did I say to the president of Farm Bureau? Posthumously. Oh, Alex. Posthumously. (laughs) Sure did. Came out of my mouth and everyone just stopped and I said... But that's not how you say that word. Clearly. <laughs> Let's pretend that didn't happen. Reverse, reverse. But that's what being real is all yes. about. And that we can laugh at those moments when we're like, can I just get under the table now or just mm-hmm. run out the door? Right. Um, gosh, we've already been doing this almost a half an hour. So I guess we could do this all afternoon. Just a few more things. Um, where do you, you are so driven, you're so passionate. Where does that come from within you? You know, a lot of it comes from being the daughter of an empowered woman. I have thought a lot about it because people ask me, you know, how are you so uh, like strong-willed and intrinsically motivated? And it wasn't because my parents were there every single night when I got home to tell me, all right, do your homework, do this, do that. You know, they were working. And so it was on me that if I, I knew the expectation, I had to get good grades. And so I had to make that happen. I had to be responsible and I had to learn how to manage my own time. But I saw how many things that my mom was so capable of doing. You know, my parents worked together, but my mom was the one that was going into all these crazy meetings and cool work trips. And I was like, man, I want to do what she does one day. Uh, And there was never a moment where I felt like I couldn't do it just because I was a girl or because I am a woman. And I think that growing up with that mindset is what has made it so much easier for me to go after the things that I'm passionate about because I have someone that has always been cheering me on and kind of being a trailblazer for me. Sure. What will it feel like as you kind of inch closer to um, having to give that crown up and give that title away to someone else? What have you even started to think about that yet? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, just because I I book things a couple months out and someone asked me, oh, could we do it in June? And it hit me. I said, no, because I won't be Miss Kentucky in June anymore. And it was so sad. But I think that it is truly bittersweet because it's only meant to be a year of your life. It's only meant to be one incredibly fast-paced year where you are just a servant to everybody that you come across. 
And then you use those experiences and those relationships and those stories to catapult you into whatever you're going to do next. I'm not entirely sure where I'm going to end up after Miss Kentucky, but I know that I'm better because of the role that I've had this year, getting to have like a front row seat, some of the most important moments in the lives of others. So not sure what it is that I'll be doing next. Um, I'll be definitely super sad to not get to where am I shiny hats and go to schools and hang out with kids because let me tell you kids have never listened to me better or minded better than when I have my crown on but (laughs) well I am disappointed I I don't see the crown with you today I always like to to look at it but you know um, I almost (laughs) brought it I almost did it's out in the car I'll grab it it's fine it's fine I sort of geeked out once one time when Heather Renee let me hold hers so oh yeah well that's the Miss America crown too like that's really so but no I get that keep yours it's an its own little crown box and it's a mahogany looking box mm-hmm. with blue velvet on the inside and it actually lives usually in my car because I live in my car uh, kind of like a bum but with all your snacks <laughs> with all, all my snacks, snacks all my clothes I mean I have a change of clothes for any possible thing that I could be asked to do I have the games that I play with kids prizes autograph card you name it it probably lives in my car with me so Usually, if you need to find me, Kentucky, a little traveling like mobile thing that goes behind your car with all of your. I just need an RV. That's what I need. Miss Kentucky (laughs) needs an RV. (laughs) Alex Frankie, it has been a delight. Thank you for what you are doing, the message that you have been spreading, and and just being real with kids, especially young girls, because um, your message is pretty important, and I'm sure there are a lot of little ones that. Um, have been impacted by your words. So thank you for thank that. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Good luck in whatever is next. I, no doubt it will be something even better than Miss Kentucky. Thanks for listening, guys. This has been another episode of Uniquely Kentucky. Until next time, I'll see you on the news on WKYT. WKYT.